Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. Yep, We are doing our darndest to get back onto a regular schedule here. Uh, Now that summer is not quite officially over. It's not technically fall. I think that's what, like September 22nd or something like that. But uh, life is settling down. And for that, I am grateful. I think it's going to be an interesting six months. I will be taking you guys on that journey with me. Bear with me. I'm getting over a cold. And I'm attempting to have a cough drop while I do this. So I apologize in advance. But that is... In lieu of pausing and coughing every 10 seconds. Um, but yeah, I think the next six months are going to be pretty interesting. I'm going to bring you guys up to speed before we get into today's episode, which is titled, So You Want to Be a Podcast Guest, which you can imagine that came out of being pitched for guests. Anyways, we'll get into that in just a second. So um, my last episode, I had filled you guys in on moving on and business evaluation after losing my mom. And, you know, that is definitely going to be something I deal with probably for the rest of my life, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know that there's a day that has gone by that I've not been teary about her, but I've also had some really cool connections. And so I'm going to stay the course with that for myself and my business. It's, it's really been interesting. (laughs) I would say, I don't know. I've kind of got the zero F's given right now. And um, I I just, I got back from an event about a week and a half ago. I spoke at the recurring revenue retreat in Orlando with Robert Simmons, uh, Christina Romero and Matt, Matthew Rodella had invited me to speak, which I was very honored and got to hang out with some good friends, James Rose and Mike Killen. It was really fun to see those guys in person. Plus mate, some great connections. Um, And so you'll be hearing more about that. I'm going to do a full recap and post on that. It's just, you know, traveling and being tired and worn out. (laughs) Then you travel and you get on a plane, which is kind of a germ fest. I think that's where I ended up getting sick. But needless to say, I don't know, I feel like I'm sort of finding a groove again. And so that's pretty nice. Um, It's starting to feel like fall. Shared with you guys that I am Uh, hanging out with my dad for a while. I can't quite decide where I want to end up permanently. So I think I'll be doing some traveling. I'm looking at doing sort of a road trip sabbatical towards the end of October. Of course, I'll be working and sharing that journey. Um, I've got a couple trips planned in November. And I don't know, maybe I'll just kind of do some nomading for a little bit. We'll see. It's tricky because the dogs. Anyways, so again, thank you all for your patience and sticking by me and, and being on this journey with me. It means the world to me. All right, so let's jump in to today's episode because this is something that, I don't know, you know, when I started podcasting six years ago, which I can't believe that, uh, I started the WordPress Chick Podcast in 2013 and it, I never had an issue getting guests for the show. And I don't know, I would say it was a couple years in when I started getting pitched. People would email me that they'd like to be on the show. And it it happens pretty regularly now. And it's funny because I've obviously not been as consistent with the show as I would like to be. But it just seems like the way people are going about this is cuckoo to me. All right. So if you've been hosting a podcast for a while... And, and note, guys, there's no judgment. I'm hoping that this episode just makes people think twice if they want to be on a show. And also makes people who are thinking of podcasting think twice about how they vet guests and, and what they look for, right? So anyways, let's let's assume you've been podcasting, I don't know, for the sake of this, this episode, we'll say maybe about a year, right? 
once I think you've been doing this for a year or so, uh, maybe 50 episodes, I don't know. Um, my guess is you're going to receive unsolicited requests from people who want to be a guest on your podcast. And trust me, if you haven't, you're going to get them just hang in there <laughs> because I don't know a podcaster that does not get these requests. Okay. So not only are they unsolicited requests, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but it's usually from someone who is doing the outreach for someone else, which is like a whole industry and business in and of itself, right? Where there's like podcast booking services where you can pay a company a chunk of change and they go out and they get you podcast spots. Sorry, trying to get the cough drop out of my mouth. Um, so they'll get you a bunch of, of podcast spots on shows, ideally getting your name out there, getting some links out, getting you visibility, right? So all of that is fine and well. Um, but it, it it's just, it's not so much that someone else is doing the outreach as much as it is the way that they go about doing it. So the first few years that I was podcasting, I was pretty open to talking to anybody. And you guys, I mean, I'm not talking anybody, but I was just like, let's have a conversation. Because for me, I started podcasting because I wanted to have more fun. I was really, I didn't think of it as a traffic tool. I didn't think of it as, um, I don't know, a lead generator, anything. I literally started it because I wanted to have more fun. I felt very stuck behind the computer. And if you guys have been listening to this for any length of time, you know, getting ready and doing my hair and makeup is not my favorite thing. I will do it. And I always feel better when I do. But there's something magical about just being able to sit in front of a microphone, right? So what I did was I just reached out to people I knew, people I admired and friends. So getting interviews wasn't really difficult. But I would say that pre-screening people needed some help as it grew. Initially, my show format, which it kind of still is, but um, when I launched my show, the intention was that the format would alternate between solo shows and interviews. As an example, this is a solo show, right? And I did that for two reasons. One is that I like to listen to business updates behind the scenes from the host only. And there are a lot of big names out there that have moved to interview only, which A, it's a great relationship builder. I have really connected with some amazing people from podcasting because of the relationships. And it's it's really this value add where you say, hey, let me take the platform that I've created, that I've worked hard to build and created an audience, and let me highlight you. It's just a, a pure give, right? So there's that. Uh, but I also wanted to make sure that I was positioning myself as an expert and not only highlighting other people, which I think it depends on where you're at in your journey. So for me, when I started, I will say I'd been online about five years. And so I kind of had a brand with the WordPress chick, but this really grew my visibility, right? The podcasted. So the format has worked really well for me, but truth be told, I'm a little bored with it. Um, ever since I pivoted from the WordPress chick to my personal brand, I haven't had the same momentum with the podcast as I did before. And I do think a lot of that is because, I don't know, there's this like thing inside of me that's either a call to something, I don't want to say bigger, but just a call to something else, right? And for myself, I tend to get clarity through the doing. So it might be, you know, trying shorter episodes more frequently or video. I have no idea what that looks like. Or maybe it's getting a little bit more um, raw and, and real and opinionated. <laughs> I don't think I'm shy about that, but I tend to be more pragmatic. And I, I mean, I definitely give my opinion. But I, anyways, that's a total side rant. But um, for what it's worth, <laughs> this is not the whole point of the show, right? But podcasting is a great way to, one, connect with your audience. I feel like it is almost more intimate than video. Like when I think of somebody who is willing to take me with them, you know, and listen to me for 45 minutes to an hour, simply me by myself, 
I was like, wow, we, we could probably hang out. I, that's my right tribe. So anyways, the last year plus for me has been rough personally, which tends to impact the business. The best thing I could do for myself with the podcast was simple. Just do the best I can. So there was a time in my life where I would do a big proclamation and an apology and a what's coming. And maybe you've done those yourselves where you haven't emailed in a while. And so you do this big apology about where you've been and what's been going on. And I'm not saying not to do that. But I also think you have to come from a place that's not throwing yourself under the bus in that state, right? I know personally that I've done the best I can with what I've been going through and that's enough, right? So I I refuse to beat myself up about whether or not the show has been inconsistent, which is pretty much rule number one when it comes to podcasting, right? Being consistent. At the same time, I refuse to give it up. I enjoy doing it. So I have focused on being transparent and simply sharing where I was at and what was going on. So I would love to say that the personal challenges are behind me, (laughs) but I'm not that ignorant. You know, fortunately, everything that I have been through with my son for the last few years is behind me and he's doing great. Uh, And the healing process with my mom is just going to be that, a process. You know, having been through losing my husband years ago, I have now accepted there is no step-by-step process for getting through you know, heartbreak and tragedy and all of those things that life hands us. And I used to think there was like, give me a checklist so that I can be angry. I can be sad. I can, I can be depressed and I can come back. What I, <laughs> I mean, I know there's stages of grief and using grief as an example, maybe it's depression you're going through or it's anxiety, but it's going to just be a process, right? So I have a much different approach to that today than I did 16 years ago, which is why I'm still here doing this. All right, back to the podcast. So like I have a handful of interviews done and in the can, but I may go back to some of those guests and ask if we can re-record. I would prefer to do something fresh, touch base with them where they're at and make sure that the interview serves them. And so my gut says a redo is probably the best way to do that. So we'll see. I would also like to incorporate more solo shows, like I said, that are one-off ideas, 20, 30 minutes. Um, incorporated with a regular weekly hour-long show, but I'm not going to make any announcements. (laughs) You're just going to see it or not. So welcome to my world right now. Anyways, let's, let's come full circle back to being a podcast guest, right? So I have very definitive opinions about guests, but what I thought I would do was reach out to my tribe. And so I posted a question in my Facebook group, which is Content Creators. And I tagged, you know, a handful of people that I could think of off the top of my head, which was probably, (laughs) I knew I was going to sort of insert foot in the mouth because I was going to forget friends that have good shows that I've been on. What up, Pete Everett? I'm sorry. Um, But I was looking for tips or advice from people who reach out to be a guest or they are podcast hosts themselves, right? So there was definitely some overlap on the answers, but I kind of thought it would be valuable to leave the overlap in simply for the the purpose of driving that point home, right? Um, I more or less have three things that will determine whether or not I want to have you on my show. So the first thing is what value are you going to provide my audience? Show me that you've done your homework. You know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go sideways into so many rants with all of this. So I hope you guys are buckled up. Um, Second, have me listen to my show. Do more than reference a post title. That's a brainless maneuver. When you tell me I loved episode X and like how you engaged with blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's this very generic bullshit answer that says, I took the time to find an episode title, but I didn't really want to listen to your show. And you guys, I'm not necessarily saying that you have to have left me reviews and earn your way into the thing. But at the same time, if you've done your homework, you're going to look at the episode titles. You're going to get us, get a, an idea for the type of interviews I do, the type of conversations I have with people 
who I have those conversations with, and where you fit into that puzzle piece in terms of the value you provide to my audience, right? And then number three is how are you going to promote the episode you're featured on? You're featured on. This is a hard and fast rule for me now. When I ask a guest to be on the show, I have zero expectations, right? I'm go- I'm coming to you saying, I like this, this, or this. Um, I'd love to interview you for my podcast. Now, if you come to me asking to be on the podcast, I expect you to put some effort into promoting it. This, this really, <laughs> I cannot tell you this idea that, stop to think about this, you guys. It's kind of like, I, I, I don't, I can't even come up with an analogy. I'm a little bit rusty in that area right now, but this idea that you come to someone who has built a platform and built an audience, they're going to put you in front of that audience on that platform. There's recording time, editing time, post-creation time, social sharing, images, whatever, queuing, scheduling. I email for each podcast episode. So I'm supposed to do all of that for you. And then you do nothing but show up. You need to get the hell over yourself. <laughs> it's 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 such a um, self-involved, self-serving approach. Okay, so I, I'm just straight up going to say that right now, that if you want to be on this podcast, come to me and say, this is the value I can provide. You know, I've listened to the show or I've gone through your episodes. I think this is how I can serve your audience. What I will do when the episode goes live is X. Y and Z. Now, can I hold you to that? No, I can't. Uh, but what comes around goes around. So, boy, I sound snarky, guys. Welcome to my headspace these days. I don't know. But you get the point, right? It's the strangest thing to me. Um, I don't know. It is so, so strange. Like, it's like being a guest in someone's house who's doing you a favor because you say, hey, I'm on a road trip. And I am passing through. I, I need a place to stay on this night. Would I could I stay with you? And then you show up and it's like, oh, by the way, could you do my laundry? Could you cook me dinner? Could you make me breakfast? Would you mind going ahead and gassing up my car? Like it is so ah, okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, guys. So here are the responses I received from other podcasters about having guests on their show. I've also included a few bonuses from people who want to be guests on podcasts for some additional tips on getting booked on podcasts, as well as people who have had shows in the past and don't. This is the sort of ignorance and audacity of people. And Kim is going to drive this point home until you guys are so sick of hearing it. I don't know why I spoke of myself in the third person, but we are in a very interesting time with this internet business thing (laughs) and that the market has matured. People are getting smarter. And obviously, I spend time with people who have been here for X amount of time, right? So my friends are maturing as I'm maturing in this space. Our businesses are growing up, for lack of a better explanation. These platforms are not new. It's it's not, you know, the gold rush, so to speak, of everything being early adopters. Yes, there's opportunities to be an early adopter on other platforms. But the point being, people are getting smarter. So you can't half-ass stuff anymore. I mean, I'm sure there's places you can, but for the most part, not really. All right. So the first input I got was from my friend, Ross Brand, who has a show called Brand on Broadcasting. Now, Ross is a live streamer. He has a show for StreamYard. He was in traditional radio way back. He's been on my podcast. I, I really trust him explicitly. He goes to a handful of different podcasting events. Um, So this is from Ross Brand. He said, because I record my podcast live and use the video for live recordings, I have a few tips specific to that setup. Number one, prioritize the conversation. Don't read the chat and respond to social media and other distractions. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, Number two, no shout outs to the live chat in the middle of an interview segment. Number three, the host decides if we address a question or comment from the chat, not the guest. Number four, although I do a clean show, I don't want to be responsible for any fallout from young children coming on camera. 
are running afoul of any platform rules. Please don't bring kids into the picture. Number five, if you have a green screen or are using Wirecast or OBS virtual camera, keep whatever background you start with consistently throughout your time as a guest, unless you and the host agree ahead of time that you're going to be changing your background, sharing your screen, or doing any other production with the video feed you're sending. So let's give an example on this. I do a handful, or I have done a handful of live streams. It's been a while since I've done any live streaming. But it's it's that initial, hey, what's up? And you're saying hi to people and stuff. Now, I think if it's it's a live stream just for the purpose of providing value, and it's not going to be repurposed into a podcast or something where people are used to hearing a specific format, I don't know that that's a big deal. At the same time, um, it's really disruptive to the people who showed up to get information, right? If you're constantly interrupting your, uh, uh, your live stream by saying, hey, and shout out to people. Now, if you flip that, if you decide that you're going to take questions or comments during that time frame, then you incorporate that into the show like a Q&A, right? I watched Brian Fanzo. I think he's iSocial um, or iSocial fans. I apologize, but it was great. He did a live uh, video live stream of his podcast. And so he recorded the entire show. And then when the recording was done, he answered all the Q and a and the comments. So, you know, obviously it's going to take a little bit longer, but I think it's cleaner. It's going to give you a solid episode. So again, that was from Ross brand who is brand on broadcasting. I do have all of this in the show notes, guys, if you want to look at these, queue these up, um, and you can connect with these people. I've linked back to their uh, website and their shows. Robert Cairns of Stunning Digital Marketing Shows. You know, I should have asked Robert, but C-A-I-R-N-S. We're friends, and I've never had to pronounce his name out loud. Carnes? <laughs> I hope I didn't screw that up. He's got one simple point. As a guest, you need to be prepared to share and promote the episode you're on. Clearly, (laughs) you're going to hear that one a lot. I can tell you right now. Uh, My friend Daniel Kingsley, Danes Hutt, who actually has a course coming out on on getting booked on podcasts. Um, And he was a great example. Daniel has been on my show. He is from Amp My Content. And uh, Daniel's... I honestly, I'd have to go back and look how he reached out. It was very conversational. It was it through messenger. I think it was email. And then we hopped on and had a conversation. We connected. And from that initial call, then we went into a podcast interview. Um, And he's really done his due diligence about getting booked on a lot of shows. So number one, make sure the show is relevant to your topic. You guys, I get a lot of people randomly he will reach out to be on the show and maybe they are uh, web agencies, but I'm not doing the WordPress chick anymore. So that's not necessarily, I mean, my focus is content, content marketing. Of course I talk about WordPress and tools and have a lot of friends in that space still, but outside of that, it's not really the main topic. So I do think it's very important to make sure that the show is relevant to your topic. Number two from Daniel is make sure you can add value to each other. So this should be a relationship piece, right? Again, this is that you're coming in saying, I can provide this value to your audience. And ideally, that you build a relationship with hosts, and there can be something reciprocal, or there's a value add for both of you. So you coming in and saying, I'm going to provide value to the audience, I'm also going to provide value to you by making sure that I share this email, whatever. So number three from Daniel, always pitch from the host's benefit. Meaning, how can it be easy to say yes? And how can you make it simple for them? You know, what can you get ahead of? I have not done this in the past, but I'm going to moving forward have an intake form. Anybody that's going to be on the show is going to have to fill out the intake form. Once the intake form is submitted, then we can schedule the interview. And my friend Devinder um, has a great process for doing this. And I, I can... I don't know. I tend to do these sort of off the cuff things. It just suits me and my personality, but it would make my post-production a whole lot easier by doing this. So make it as simple for the host as possible. Number four, how can you add more than the usual guest? You know, take the time to go and look at other interviews 
And what can you do that's a step above what other people have done? Can you, I don't know, maybe give something away to the audience or a discount and you don't have to do that. Um, really get in and teach something solid and tangible that people can walk away and implement and they remember you from that. So there are a lot of opportunities for that. Number five is how can you make it a success? And number six is how can you promote it? Those are sort of hand in hand. So the success piece, obviously be prepared, check your mic, have a headset whenever possible. I cannot stand doing interviews where there's this echo because everything's coming through the computer. Um, You know, so look at making it as clean and tight as possible, the highest quality, and then ensure that you're going to promote it. And so Daniel's last point is if you come at it from this viewpoint, you're going to be far more successful and you'll create a great show. And, you know, there's a lot of those people that then I want to have back, right? Because of how much they delivered. Next up is Bob Dunn from Do The Woo Podcast. So Bob says, two points. Listen to two or three episodes before you ask to be on the show. Number two, introduce yourself on your first t- outreach. Don't, not necessarily topic ideas, not initial pitch, right? So the first time you reach out, you want to introduce yourself, say who you are, and then follow up after that initial introduction. If there's, you know, something kind of simpatico or you get a response, then follow up with ideas and suggestions. Um, and you can connect with Bob at do the woo. Um, and Bob WP, I will have again, links in all the show notes. Number three, Pete Everett of the marketing development podcast. (laughs) This is another nice, clean point. Uh, but it may take more than one call to get the show done by that. I mean, a pre-call to understand the content and establish some rapport between the host and guest, and then a call to test tech all before you hit the record button. So what I want to sort of point out with Pete's one point, which is super crystal clear, and I'm just going (laughs) to side note, side rant here, off script, whatever you want to call it. Um, A lot of people in their response in the Facebook group said, oh, I I agree with what everybody else has said. I'm going to add this. So I think I'm speaking for a lot of people here, but I'm saying all these points kind of come under one umbrella. Um, But the point with what Pete's saying is that it may take more than one call before you even hit record is a reminder that guess what? You're going to have to invest some time and effort into this too. You don't get to just show up and be the star snarky point number, whatever. (laughs) All right, moving on. Uh, Next is my friend Devinder uh, Singh Cape and Devinder. I hope I pronounced your last name. (laughs) It's been a long time since I have uh, had to say your last name as well. Devinder has a podcast called smart web creators. These are great points. Uh, Number one, be ready to invest some time before the actual recording. Example, you have to fill in my prep document. That's what I was telling you, that it's like an intake of of a pre-recorded document you need to fill out. He has absolutely convinced me to start doing this. Uh, Number two is be ready to to promote. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. Number two, be ready to promote the episode to your social networks. I would, of course, off script, rant and say you should email this as well. And bonus, the smart thing to do would be to ask for transcripts. This I got from Phil Singleton. Um, but if if the host is not using the transcripts, see if you can get the episode transcribed, create a blog post on your site. Oftentimes you can embed the player or you can link back to the actual audio, right? So now you're giving your host a link back as well. Number three from Devinder is don't decide on which mic to use while we begin recording. <laughs> Test and decide beforehand. I've had a few of those where it's like, oh, wait, you know, and you, you get on and it's, this is when I used to do stuff on Skype. And I'm like, uh, could you shut the window or could you get a headset? <laughs> a lot of that stuff. And mind you, there's a responsibility of due diligence, I think, on the host part to say prior to the um, actual interview that you're saying, these are things you should do, right? So there's that. Number four from Devender is be yourself on the show, not the internet celebrity you wish to become. Can I get a what, what? Yeah, I can't believe I just said that, but whatever. Um, just be you. <laughs> just show up, right? And number five <laughs> with Devender is be a good human and all should be fine. 
Touche, Devender. All right, next up is Scott Weidenkivowitz. Uh, I have had Scott on the show. Scott runs the Imagely podcast for Imagely, which is sort of the go-to resource for photographers for WordPress. Number one, create a podcast guest media kit. Have a folder in cloud storage for fast access. Include a photo, a bio, links, and anything else you feel might be relevant. Now, this is if you want to be a guest, right? So that you can hand this off to somebody that interviews you. Number two, be prepared by verifying if the show is audio only or video too. And again, this is you wanting to be the guest. He's telling you how to be a good guest, right? The last thing you're going to want to do is be a late guest because you need to fix your hair, put on clothes, or do makeup because there's video involved. Yeah, I pretty much do that all the time now. I get clarification if it's not. Is this audio or video? Because, because, right? Who wants to be unprepared? And number three, Scott says, I don't care if your video quality sucks. Make sure your audio is amazing because more people listen to podcasts than watch them. (laughs) All right. Next up is my friend James Rose. And never one to mince words. James had one point. D-Y-F-R. Do your effing research. (laughs) Yeah. He runs the Agency Highway podcast. He also is uh, one of the founders of Content Snare. So you guys, it's really simple. This this blanket, one size fits all, copy and paste pitch nonsense is not working. All right, we're going to move on. Next up is Jason Resnick. Uh, Jason uh, has a couple podcasts. The one I've linked to is Live in the Feast. The other one is Ask Res, which I was fortunate enough to be on. So first, I want to share a couple of Jason's comments before his tips. So I had tagged him in the post in the group. And he said, thank you so much for tagging me here. This is something that needs to be addressed far and wide, please. Okay, and then he said, I would certainly, I certainly would echo most of what's been said already, but I have some thoughts that may help as well. Number one, most important. It's my audience. I will protect their attention. I will respect their time and attention, so best be certain that I won't waste it with irrelevant or unsolicited content. If you pitch me and make it seem that you are better than my audience or me, it's an immediate delete. Number two, learn the context of the show. If it's a seasonal show, don't pitch topics that aren't relevant to the current season. Or at the very least, before pitching, ask if the current season is already in the can and what's up next. Number three, make sure the pitch is helpful to the audience and appealing to the host. Do your research first and make sure the podcast is even an interview show in the first place. If it is, see what topics have already been addressed in a previous episode that you want to talk about and how you can fill in the gaps. Number four, make the first email quick, short, and most of all, interesting. I love this, Jason Rez. Jason uh, reiterated, was the word I was looking for, uh, my point. Stop at the copy and paste emails that are a resume. Long emails automatically get deleted. Even if you have someone sending the pitch on your behalf, keep it short and interesting. I mean, stop to think about that, you guys. How many times have you gotten a, hi, I read this on your site. I'd love to guest post here. It's just like, how about, hi, you know, I just wanted to, to follow up and see if you're taking guest posts, right? Simple question. Uh, let's see. Uh, number five, if you want to get on a show, see if you know a previous guest that can introduce you. A warm introduction always works much better. Absolutely. When I have a good guest, I usually say, hey, do you want to get on more shows? Is there uh, someone that, um, you know, is there, would you like to get on more shows? Sorry, my, my brain went somewhere else. Um, I can make some connections for you. Is this something that would be helpful? And that really depends on what the guest shows up and delivers. Number six from Jason is, if you want to be on my show, you need to follow my process. Kind of coming back to the prep document, right? Number seven, if you cancel or no show without reason, best be sure you will not be invited back. Yeah, these are all sort of obvious, simple things, right? And it's amazing that, uh, (laughs) it's just amazing how some of these things get overlooked. All right. So next up is JoLynn Philbrook. So JoLynn says, I have a podcast and I've learned to tell people to dress for the camera. This is again, one of those things that 
you think would be obvious. She tells them that she's using Zoom, right? And that's, again, if it's a video or audio you want to find out. She says, you think people would know this, but once I had a guy show up without a shirt. (laughs) I put the audio on Apple Podcasts and the video on YouTube, one episode, two purposes. That's just a side note. The other thing is, she says that she doesn't like it when people come on the show and they're trying to sell within the conversation, right? She prefers tips and takeaways that the audience can use. She likes to learn something new or hear a new take on an old subject. You know, and that's one of those things you guys be clear I have a uh, uh, I don't know, definitive, but when I'm, when I reach out to somebody often, if it's a cold outreach, here's an example. All right. So I am testing a tool called ink and it's inkforall.com. If you guys want to look at the uh, beta for that. Um, and it is a web content optimization writing tool. So I'm going to test it. I'm going to play with it. If I like it, if it works for me, if it's something that I could see myself using or could be beneficial to people in my audience, then at that point, then I ask them to be on the podcast, right? So I ideally would love to hear them not only we'll get the backstory, all that good stuff, but how it was developed. And then from that point, if they have an offer for the audience, then I say, hey, we'd, I'd love to promote this. So there's the link out there. And, you know, do you have an offer for my audience? Whatever the case is. But I think it's really important that the host, I do think there is a responsibility of the host and the guests to clarify, you know, that this will or won't be um, an opportunity to promote a product, right? Next up is my good friend, Allegra Sinclair. Allegra has your Confident Self podcast. Uh, She's had some other podcasts in the past. She has been podcasting for a long time. So something she did, which I think is brilliant, is that she created a blog post and audio to help her prospective guests. She In the drop down, it literally says, do you want to be a guest on the podcast or want to be a guest? I forget the exact term there. Um, but she has one tip and that is her favorite tip. Ask yourself why you want to be on my show specifically. If you can't answer that, then how can I answer whether or not you'd be a good guest? I mean, really step back and say, God, why do I want to be on this show? And it can't come from the place only of, well, I want to link back. I want to be, I want to expand my audience, whatever. It's it's got to come from that. I believe in what you're doing and the value you provide. And I hope that I can add that, right? Uh, next up is Jurgen Strauss of the Innova Biz podcast. So Jurgen kind of mirrored and he said pretty much what Devinder and Jason both said. Um, This is great, though. He said, it's good when the guest knows how to pronounce the podcast name, my name, and what I call the listeners. Easy if you just listen to a couple of episodes before coming on my show. Of course, he says, it's his responsibility as the host to protect the audience and to position the guest to give their best, right? So it is that it's a dual effort here, guys, is the bottom line, I think, with some of these um, inputs here is it is responsibility of the host. Once they say yes to set the guest up for success, it is the responsibility of the guest to bring it and have done their homework, right? Uh, Next up is Ed Troxel. It has three great points. Number one, guests should do their research and listen to a couple of episodes prior to pitching. You guys see some running themes here, right? Like, I know this sounds redundant, and I hope I'm driving it home. Number two, how to maximize your episode reach and attract new followers. Guests should immediately schedule out three to five promo posts once they know when their episode is going to be released. They should then make sure and schedule a repeat of these promo posts within the first few weeks of publishing. Then again, a month later. Number three, guests should take their episode and not only promote it via a link, but break it into valuable content that one could share across social media channels, photos, text on photos, stories, live broadcasts, audio clips, etc. This is a win-win for everybody. That micro content is a great way to go, guys. Uh, next up, last podcaster, and then we've got some bonus tips here for you, is Kyle Van Dusen of The Admin Bar. And straight point, come with a plan on how you can promote the show to a new audience. Podcasters are often talking to the same group of people, and an opportunity to have a guest that can introduce the podcast to a new audience is great and mutually beneficial. So that's the other side of it, guys that there 
<coughs> excuse me, there has to be, oh, you know, remember that with them, what's in it for me? That that has to be a, a benefit to the host as well. Podcasts are very time intensive, guys. Um, all right, so here are some bonus tips that were submitted by people who either used to podcast or actively pursue guest opportunities or considering a podcast, right? Uh, my good friend Sandy Evelyn said it's amazing how often I'm getting pitched. And as you know, I haven't done an episode in a couple of years. They obviously haven't even looked at my podcast. So step number one is to know the podcast you're pitching. It's amazing, right? And again, this is that sort of wash, rinse, repeat of people wanting to do podcast services. And what they're missing is it's this whole BS of just getting on as many shows as possible without really thinking about whether or not what you're doing serves you or the audience. I mean, obviously what you're doing serves you. That was kind of dumb. But you know what I'm saying? That is it going to serve you to to be on someone's show whose audience is never going to buy you? never going to buy anything from you or subscribe to you or, or you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm rambly here. Uh, next up is Sharon Folk who says she uh, does not have a podcast. She's not a podcaster, but she does help her clients get on podcasts. She says, if I think someone would be a fit for a particular podcast, I don't send a one sheet or a mile long text or email. Instead, I send a brief few lines and a link to the best representation of the client their website, speaker page, or LinkedIn page if they're a major influencer. She's developed relationships with podcasters who have asked her to do the same for them, right? So she's got an approach in pitching that is really serving both her client and the podcast host. Um, If I see someone, she says, if I see someone that I know online that would be a good fit for a podcaster I'm connected to, I will also make an introduction if they're open to it. A win-win for the podcaster and her online clients. Uh, next up is Todd E. Jones uh, of Copy Flight. So Todd says it all comes back to relationships. I watched as a copywriter I know, just asked his audience if they knew of some podcasts he would be a good fit for. He laid out his expertise very well, and those of us who knew him started helping him to get booked. He referred him to Devender's podcast because they connected him, right? <coughs> he says, I don't think you can mass produce that kind of relationship building. I imagine many who do this are putting names and email addresses in some software and crafting a boilerplate email and sending it to hundreds. And then his last point was, have I said relationships matter? Which this all comes down to you guys. I can guarantee you a high quality interview that is valuable for the host, for the audience, and for you. Five of those are going to do better than 20 random interviews that you just say yes to anything or just for quantity. Okay. Two more guys. Next up is Jessica J. Olben who said, I use a bit of colorful language myself. I always, always, always make sure it is discussed with anyone's audience I'm in front of. I say the F word. Is that cool? Yeah, she did spell it out, but since I don't swear on this show, we won't. Well, I don't use the F word. (laughs) I do in my personal life. I'm going to zip that. Anyways, totally not offended if it isn't, she says. I respect the host's audience and want to make sure I know my boundaries and expectations in return. That line there sums up everything. I respect the host's audience and I want to make sure I know my boundaries and expectations in return. Last but not least, my friend Gordon Orlick, who said, don't be a dick and everything will be fine. Okay, so um, I guess we'll cross the bridge with that swing, right? And yes, he's another one who does not mince words. So there you have it, guys. I have no doubt there are plenty of additional opinions and points of view on this topic, but I thought (laughs) I would pull in a little wisdom from Eeyore, as in Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, who says, a little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. So at the end of the day, you know, I (laughs) I was going to pull in, I do know it is a biblical phrase, sort of that do unto others as you would have others do unto you. I, I think if you are looking at doing this, you have to really stop to think. One podcast episode can take a host, you know, 10 hours to produce. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, what are you talking about, Kim? Well, if you stop to think about, as an example, for this post. First, this whole thing came about. Why? Because I get pitched all the time. And 
here, here's a great example, guys. I'm not going to give the name, but this was five days ago. I got an email that said, hi, Kim, great stuff online. That was the subject line. I came across your content a few days ago and was very impressed with how you keep things engaging and insightful. I have a project that is quite similar to the topics you publish and might be of interest to you and your readers. It's an infographic called blank created by my team. Do you mind if I send a link so you can take a look? Would love to hear your feedback. Now, I'm not saying I'm not going to follow up. This person then did a follow-up five hours ago. Hi, Kim. Hope you're well. I just realized that my email might be reaching the wrong person's inbox. Are you in charge of managing content? If not, sorry for sending it to you by mistake. If it's not too much trouble, could you please direct me to the person who manages the content? I'd really appreciate it. Now, all right, you guys might think pleasant, right? And I'm not saying I'm not going to respond to this person. But here's somebody, and I'll tell you that their domain name in the email is SEO relevant. Okay, so there's that. Where in this did did he say what he's going to do for me? And you guys, I just am at this F you point. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just the where my headspace is right now. But how about saying, I read this article and this specific piece is relevant to this. You know, would you be interested in sharing this? I would love to then highlight your po- post and give you a link back and we'd be happy to share it with our audience as well. No, 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 no. It's generic, generic, generic. Here's how you can help me. Oh, can you not help me? Can you tell me who can help me, right? I am awfully snarkerella, so <laughs> apologize that. But you see my point, you guys? It's so squirrely to me. I don't understand this idea that, and it's funny because flip it, and I'm going to be, well, hopefully I'm always transparent with you guys, but I did that whole, you know, it's kind of like that dream 100, right? Of, and I talked about this in my uh, talk that I gave at the event a couple weeks ago. The dream 100, we've all heard this theory. You make this list of 100 people that are like major influencers, people whose space you want to get into, whatever. And, and then there's a process for going about doing that. Well, I think the theory of it is great, but relationships just take time, right? They just take time. And people have misconstrued this as, oh, okay, so if I send stuff to somebody and I get on their radar, then therefore I'm going to get X in return. The magic happens when you expect nothing in return. So this morning I was going for a walk and I was listening to Gary Vee. I've not listened to him in a long time. And it was a Q&A in Auckland, maybe. Um, it was in Australia and it was Q&A. And a guy got up and had a great question for him. And he said he had also asked the same question of Grant Cardone at an event recently. And he said, uh, let's say you get, tomorrow you wake up and you get a DM from Mark Zuckerberg. And it says, I am leaving Facebook. You get to take it over tomorrow. It's all yours. You could post a message to everybody. What is the first thing you're going to ask? Love or hate Gary Vee? He's consistent with his message. He didn't have to think about it. You know what he said? How can I help you? That's what his post would be. His post to everyone on Facebook would be, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Right? And so if you come from that place of what can I do for you versus you needing to pontificate or be, I don't know, that Devinder's point of trying to be a celebrity, that notoriety, just show up, be a decent human being. And I promise you, you're going to land way more guests that way. And I'll tell you, it's a lot easier to get on a show when you have been in someone's space. And back to Jason's point, if you know somebody who knows somebody, ask for that introduction. And here's the other thing. And this might just be a little bit of a random disclaimer, but I just want to say that there may be times when you have done outreach and you don't hear. Keep trying, you guys. There are plenty of times, excuse me, that I've had someone reach out to me or I've said, let's follow up. Oh, and that reminds me of one other thing that I'm going to get to. Um, Can you follow up with me? Or I'm really slammed. Or like I said, I've done an interview and my personal life 
went just in a challenging direction and I didn't have the bandwidth. Follow up, you guys, this idea, I don't know, of, of being offended when people don't respond or get back to us. You have no idea what someone else is going through. So it certainly can't hurt. Don't be annoying like these two emails I got because I have no idea who this person is. None. None whatsoever. There's it just, I don't know that I will even spend the time to respond. But the point being, you don't know what someone's going through. It certainly doesn't hurt to say, hey, you know, if you're slam right now, can I follow up with you? Right? And the last thing I want to uh, call out, and this is to people that do the podcast pitching for other people. Please, for the love of God, make sure that the person that is paying you to get them on shows knows how to deliver an interview. I have had a handful of those that never got published because you guys have heard this enough. Like I can keep a conversation going, but when you answer with yes, no, one word answers or, or just like I had the CEO of a very big email marketing company and it was, they're usually our shows. It was not even 30 minutes and it was stretching. But when someone isn't able to expand on an idea or continue a conversation, then they shouldn't be getting pitched. So if you're pitching for someone else, make sure that they know how to be a good guest, right? That they can listen, they can expand on ideas. And I know that I can talk in circles, right? I, I get all that. But please make sure if you're pitching for other people that they are prepared and know how to provide massive value. Anyways, there you guys have it. If you want to be a podcast guest, please take all these things into consideration. I think it is such a great time. And I'll tell you, you know, everyone who does podcasting might feel like things are saturated or there's a lot going on in the market. But the bottom line is not everybody sticks with it. So it's very easy to gain traction with a podcast, whether you're a host or a guest, because too many people give up. I mean, I've had clients that did it for a year and like, oh, and then they give up. And it's like, just doesn't work that way. Anyways. <laughs> oh, goodness. So that was a little bit ranty. I appreciate you guys tons. Be sure to check out all the podcasts. I appreciate all my contributors for this post. As always, thank you for listening. If you've not left a review, I'd love it. And of course, if you've not joined us in content creators, what are you waiting for? Um, all right, guys, have a fantastic day and I will catch you next time.